Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Mic check, mic check, check, check. Hello? Hello? Why am I not on? Because in rehearsal I was way off. This was our superintendent of schools in the morning. Uh, Good morning, uh, students. Is this on? Uh, Cindy, is this on? Is this on? Um, this is the superintendent of schools at Sarita Unified School District. This past week, I was appalled when I led the school board around the campus of Sarita Unified School District number 35. <laughs> and I noticed an enormous amount of public displays of affection <laughs> taking place at the lockers of various students. Now, students, listen to me. Is it, by the way, is this thing still on? <laughs> when I saw that microphone, it just reminded me. <laughs> Did they tell what, like, what was for lunch that day? You're going to be having uh, ham and Swiss with yes. French fries. And, <laughs> and one sandwich only. <laughs> okay. So, all I was going to tell you is just be yourself, which I, we obviously already have that. Okay. And the second thing was just to remind me to save it at the end. All right. And then sometimes, not every time, but people get used to like that the podcast has certain elements. So I asked my guests if they'd be willing to pray for somebody that's on the other end. Yeah. If you want to, you can at the end. If you don't want to, that's fine too. I will be praying for all those students. <laughs> Sorry. So, Lord, just be with us in this podcast, and I pray that we bring you glory and that we edify one another and that it's um, that it's real. So, Brian, hey, today I have my friend Brian Vaughn with me, which I'm very honored. I've wanted to uh, have a podcast interview with you for a very long time, so I'm honored to have you here. But before I talk too much to you about you, I want you just to answer these as fast as you can. There's no right or wrong. It just gets people used to your voice and mine. So... <coughs> For the Real Deal Podcast, Brian Vaughn, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Mm, I think when I'm called on to be in certain positions, I'm an extrovert. But I do love my alone time. Yeah. You probably are a trained extrovert, actually, maybe. There's nothing better than spending time in my garage. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) How's that? That's Just cleaning things that don't need to be cleaned. Yeah, I love it. Coffee, tea. Oh, coffee in the morning and decaffeinated tea at night. Okay, so now, no right or wrong here. Dog, cat, either, neither. Mm, if I had to have one, dog. Morning bird, night owl. As I get older, more of a morning bird. Books or movies. Mm. <laughs> What's a movie again? <laughs> I know. I can't remember can't. what We is. don't get to go to them. Uh, movies so. at home, I go to sleep. Movies at the theater, I go mostly for the popcorn, gummy bears, and hot tamales <laughs> and red vines. That's true. And, but more and more, I'm enjoying reading. Okay. Silence or music? Ooh, uh, probably silence. Mm-hmm. Are you leaned in or laid back? Would you consider yourself? I think... 
in certain circumstances, I'm leaned in. But I, in, I just read about this in Proverbs this morning. I probably have a tendency to be laid back, and if I do that too much, your poverty will come in like a robber. Oh. <laughs> That's this <laughs> little like folding, folding of the hands, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little too much laying back. Yep. Okay. That's okay. <clears throat> Shower or bath? Shower. Driver, passenger? Driver. And I added this one for season four of The Real Deal. Eat at home or dine out? Mm, dine out. Okay. So you know that this podcast is called The Real Deal. And my dad would always just tell us to be the RD. And his name was Richard Dean. So he would say, just mm-hmm. be the RD, the real deal. And so as a kid, and definitely an adult, he would bless us. And then he'd always remind us, just be the real deal. Mm-hmm. And so he, in the art world, it was important that, you know, your paint looked like paint. And wood was wooden. And, and leather was leather. Don't give me fake Give me the real McCoy, the authentic article, you know, he'd say, and he'd be the real deal. So he was the real deal in my life, and that's one of the reasons why I call this the real deal. But I think people are always wanting the real deal, and they sniff out what's not. Mm. So who in your life comes to your mind when you think of somebody that was the real deal? The genuine article, my dad would say, the real McCoy. And how did it affect you, Brian? Um, And you may have more than one, but just somebody that comes to your mind. Yeah, I... Of course, I, I think immediately go to my parents. My mother was the real deal in that I can still picture her um, as as the one reading her Bible in the morning. Mm. And, and that's a, an image that I have of her. Um, I can picture my dad being the real deal to the people who were on the outskirts, the people who weren't mm. in charge, the people who didn't get a yay. Yeah, and um, those were those were lasting images for me that that were real, um, and I think that's really who my parents were. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, I have a lot of places I could go with this, but uh, tell me a little bit about your background, siblings, where you grew up, any of that, so that I could just frame that up for people a little yep. bit. So I am the second of four. Vaughn children. My parents, both sides, mom and dad, were from West Virginia. My oldest sister, born in West Virginia. And at some point, my dad took a job as a manager of a Woolworths store in Philadelphia. Really? Yep. And so that's where I was born, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Then my second sister, Paula, younger than I, she was born in Norristown. So we were both Pennsylvania. And then in the late 60s, my dad's parents visited Arizona, and they called my parents and said, you guys should visit this place. And we all moved out in the late 60s, moved to Arizona. And that's where my parents still are to this day. That's where my brother Scott was born. So second of four siblings, um, we moved to Tucson, which was, you know, southern Arizona. Yep. And, and my dad and his dad were selling real estate down about 15 miles north of the Mexican border. Oh, okay. And so it wasn't long before then that we moved even further south of Tucson to a town called Tumacockery. <laughs> Not Tucumcari. Tumacockery. Oh, if people mispronounce it. That's right. So we were about, I don't know, 15 miles north of the Mexican border. So I have, I grew up down there. Wow. From first or kindergarten through sixth or seventh grade. So all of your growing up memories would be Arizona for yep. the most part. Yep. I mean, obviously 
we do have a few memories under five years old. I didn't know that about Pennsylvania. Didn't know that at all. Always thought it was Arizona only. Yep. That's amazing. And if you saw any Western movie growing up, most of those were filmed like <laughs> in, in my backyard. Or <laughs> not far from it. You mean sand, flat, no, brown, mountainous, tumbleweed. Mountainous oh. with, with saguaro cactuses, or as the Easterners call them, saguaro cactuses. Is that this kind with the things With the arm out? going up, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. With the tumbleweed across the... I mean, those... Yeah, I lived on a dirt road and... Yeah, next to the river and by the railroad track and... Mm-hmm. What is one of your... Um, what is one of your stories... Number one, I'm really honored to have you here. Oh, You're thanks. a really dear friend. You and Steph are really dear to Michael and me. Uh, I mean, seriously. And I honor you, Brian. You've been a big factor mm. in my life. And one of the ways that... One of the reasons why I enjoy our friendship is you're easy and amiable and kind. And the other thing is you're stinking funny. <laughs> so I, you, you're really funny. And then also, you re, I honor that you really opened my eyes to things and ushered in the spirit. Mm. And brought, like, for all the years that we knew each other at church and things like that, there, there was always this, I, I knew there was more, because mm. you would open that door for people to experience God, and you didn't control what was going to happen, but he also would always touch me. Mm. So I really, really appreciate the door mm. holder that you were for me in my life, and it made a big difference. So mm. that's the serious part where I Bless just want you to know I respect you, and I honor you, and I really appreciate who you are in my life. So, But going back to the stinking funny thing. Do you think that it's part of being the second kid, getting uh, attention or um, wanting everybody to kind of see you, or were you that kid in school? I mean, you're funny, and you're also physically funny. You know, like you... You know, I got how it from did my, it ever manifest? I think it was my dad. Is he like Oh, that? Oh, yeah, to this day. And, and bless the Lord, my parents... They both turned 80 yeah. uh, this past year, November, December. Then they celebrated their 60th anniversary just a few days ago. Wow. And they still live down in southern Arizona. Um, but, yeah, my dad, he was he was just always funny. Yeah. And so was my grandfather. Mm. And mm. and so I think that was passed down. And and if, if I think about it, too, you know, humor <laughs> was probably used in some ways for me as, as, if you will, as an actual minority growing up in southern Arizona. Because oh. I was in a you know yep. totally Hispanic community, yep. and and sometimes that didn't go so well for me, you know, <laughs> yeah. in terms of bullying and being bullied and things of that sort. So so I think humor was was a way to fight mm. or fend off a fight. Yeah. Um, so, but mostly I learned it from my dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just had fun in my in our family. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but my dad always right. made things fun. Right. Right. Well, you are fun. You're fun to be around. You see things. That are funny, you act things out that are funny, but you see funny situations, and mm. you actually enjoy funny, either uncomfortable or just normal <laughs> situations, and you make them really, really fun. So I, I just really honor that. You know, I think that that's going to be something that you will find yourself in more than you would even know. You know what's interesting is more than you is know. that I love to listen to my wife Stephanie laugh because <clears throat> she has a big laugh. Yep, yep, and it's one of the things that. <laughs> That I that the Lord impressed upon me just in recent months about this this next chapter of our lives as yep. kids are moving out, my own job transition yep. at, at Grace is is transitioning and so forth. I, there's been a, it's not stress, but it's just been a lot of changes, yep. and I just I want to 
helps Stephanie to laugh more. Yeah. Because I love to hear her yep. laugh. Yep. Yep. Oh, that was the wrong thing. I was trying to put my watch no, on okay. silence, and I actually did <laughs> find my watch. phone. Where's my phone? It's a real deal. Wait a minute, it's right oh, it's right there. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Michael, do not edit that out. That's my favorite part. <laughs> you should be me. Where's my phone? It's right in my pocket. It's my pocket. Uh, but no, I, I, the laugh thing, the laughing thing is good. And I don't even know the reference. Good medicine. But the Bible talks about it's it. So true. And it's I so love true. to hear Stephanie laugh. Uh, I want to be the guy that makes her laugh more than anybody else. Right. Right. Oh, that's so Selfishly. Good. No. Well, <laughs> she does laugh at you, and she does laugh at you even though she's heard stories before, but I can tell when she, I'm going to say, authentically laughs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. haha, I've heard yeah. this one yeah. of his before, and when she's like caught off guard and like yeah. that makes her just laugh. Like, when he's I, so funny. Oh, I love that. I, I want to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does. She finds you very funny. Okay, so let me go a different direction. I want to know... If there is anything that has surprised you, good, bad, or indifferent, or something you found out about yourself within this last year, it could be because of lockdown and COVID. It could be because of the change that you've had in your job. But is there anything that you've learned about Brian in the last year? I probably fear a lot more than I need to. Mm. Just about future. Okay. Uh, you know, at fifty-six. Yep. I I tend to. Worry, I think. Period. I was going to say more than I should. Wait a minute. Are we allowed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. (laughs) No. Yeah. I don't want to worry. God has. He's always directed my steps. Yeah. And 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 I think you know just with this latest transition in my role at Grace after so many years, even though I know it was right, it's there's this there's this. The fear, it's all I can call it, of, oh, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And and yet, yeah. and yet there's this great comfort and joy and peace when I'm, when I'm doing the life-giving stuff that I know that God has put in me and not worrying about the future. You know, Pastor Troy has said it before, you know, put your trust in your Father and your Father will take care of your future. You know. Yeah, I'm yep. 56, yep. and I'm still trying to learn that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 you know, kids moving on, kids moving out, kids getting married. Yep. COVID, all of that. It it just it was a funky year. 2019 yep. ended interestingly, and then 2020 kicked in with COVID, and it was a weird year for everyone. Everybody was learning new patterns, new. Um, rhythms and rhythms life. in their life and maybe how to be at the workplace or not be at the workplace but then you also got a new job during that season yeah, so yeah. that's a big transition that's yeah. a big transition without going into it too much tell us kind of what you did before for such a long time and what you're doing now at Grace Church in no, Minnesota yeah no God led me into music ministry at the age of 16 and and from that time on I've just found myself in music ministry. I've not sought after it. I thought I would do something. I thought I would sell real estate like my really? dad did. Yeah. Okay. I thought I'd either sell real estate or when I went to Disneyland for the very first time, I thought I'll either sell real estate or I'm going to work at Disney. Yeah. Because I'll have everything about Disney. Wow. The parks, the movies, the, the music, how clean everything was, yes. the best singers, the players, they were awesome. So you're drawn to excellence. I, I mean, whether it. we say Disney or not, you're drawn to excellence. Yep. Okay. And, and and the ministry that the Lord allowed me to be a part of with the Continental Singers 
at an early age, you know, put that in me yep. because there was a there was a level of excellence there that I always admired and stretched me in you know musically, spiritually, uh, yep. socially, every which way. And and that was an eleven year chapter with them. And then coming out of that, you know, a- along the way, I found myself in music ministry positions within churches as volunteer. Okay. And then as you know, paid staff and met Stephanie in music ministry and and um. And, and then found ourselves at Grace Church, March of 93, I think it was. Yeah, 93. Yeah. And and then, you know, 27 years into it. Wow. As a worship pastor, um, just standing on that stage at the, in 2018, yep. 19, yep. thinking, God, I think there's another voice for mm. Grace Church. Mm. I think there's another face for Grace I love you, Jesus, but I think that there's somebody different for Grace to do this role. And so Pastor Troy and I talked about that, I think, end of October, November-ish of 19. And and then the, the wheels were put in motion to yep. transition out. Let's call somebody else in. And and you slide over as our uh, pastor of engagement, you know, yep. to help connect people to... Yep groups and teams and, and get them engaged in the, in the mission of the church and so yep. forth, which I love. And, and then Steph and I, I had the privilege to go over to, to Europe to visit her parents who were over there visiting and, and on a missions uh, experience there. Yep. And while we were there, COVID hit. Yep. And so we were one of the last flights to come out of <laughs> Europe. Um, and one I of the first people I ever knew that had to quarantine. I had, what was that? So I was going <laughs> to, so we got home on March 12th. And I was going to meet with my team, who many of them I've been with for, you know, 15, yeah. 17, 20 years. We were going to go have lunch together. And I'm in the parking lot, getting ready to go in and see my team. And I get this call from our executive pastor. Oh, brother, I don't know how to tell you this. Um, but since you've just come back from Europe and with COVID, and you got that up, there's this thing called quarantine. And you, you can't go into the restaurant. And actually, you can't come back to the church. So I was supposed to lead for the final time. Yeah. On March 15th yeah. and say, bless the Lord. It's been a great ride. Yeah. <laughs> Never went back. <laughs> so it was weird for us going out. And it was weird for Justin Kinsel and his wife, Ashley. It was weird for them coming in. Yeah. You know, hey, welcome to Grace. There's no one here. Yeah. And yeah. so he started in a weird situation. I'm now the, impastor, the pastor of engagement yeah. for the church that yeah. can't engage. <laughs> At all. You can't come through the doors. I, <laughs> Come to Grace. I'll get you connected over Zoom. I can't even figure out how to log on to Zoom. So, so it was a weird year, Gosh. and by the grace of God, uh, you know my my leaders at Grace—they've been so gracious with me, and and we're all just trying to find the rhythm, like you say. And and so, bless the Lord, here we are, hopefully coming out of this, yeah, and finding that rhythm. Yeah. Well, you know what I think though. Closure is really important for us. Mm. Think of people who, like, they have a death in their family and they never really saw the person, or you didn't get to really close that chapter. I mean, and you really can't do it now. There's no do over of that. No. Because that would be manufactured and odd. And then it would be when people are now coming that I'm going to say some of them maybe didn't even remember you being there because let's say because of zoom and COVID there's some new people at grace. So that is in some ways I feel like that's been robbed from you and the enemy is the robber. But I also believe that 
it was probably a chance for you to say, okay, I'm secure in that, and I'm going to need to learn that I didn't get to close that chapter the way that you would have written it. What's the Bible say? In a man's heart, he makes his plan, yep. but the Lord, Lord. directs his steps. Mm-hmm. I had this plan. Yep. Okay, we're going to get this yep. guy. We're going to bring it. We're yep. going to be together for a few months, and we're going to hand mm-hmm. it off, and the church won't the blink The baton will be passed. Yep. It'll be beautiful. And pretty soon it was like, no, someone just flipped the switch off. You're done. Yep. And the new guy comes yep. on, and 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 I think it... I think it was, can I say this? It was brilliant of the Lord. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's the perfect plan because who who cares about who's leading? Yeah. Let's just worship Jesus together no matter if it's Brian mm-hmm. or Justin mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. insert name. Who cares? Right. And so I think it was in many ways it was the, well, it was the best thing for our congregation. Mm. Mm. And, and it was, it really... Yeah, I, I'm just I'm I'm grateful to God. The part for me that I wished I would have done differently. Yeah. I wish I. I wish I would have had a better awareness, of my calling out, of that ministry. Didn't necessarily mean that Stephanie's, calling out of that ministry mm-hmm. was at the same time mm-hmm. music ministry. Mm-hmm. I I felt done. I felt yep. like I, I have yep. no need to do another rehearsal and. Yep. <laughs> Do yep. another program. Yeah. Lead the next song. But I, I that ended for her too. It then. was a blind spot that it ended for Stephanie too. And and that was that I yeah. wish I would have done that differently. And I wish I would have been sensitive to that. Yeah. Because there she was left to go, wait, I we've done this for thirty three years, years together. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh I feel called out of it. Yeah. Wait. Okay, I, wait. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's so and good. And so for both of us to find our identity in Jesus period, um, that's that's been that's a surprise. When you asked me a little bit yep. ago, what's been a surprise yep. that I have more fear in me than yep. I thought. Mm-hmm. And the surprise of um, who am I in Christ, my self-worth, my significance, all of that. Right, right. And that it's written who we are. And who he is for us, mm-hmm. and to just actually believe it and not earn it or think we got to strive for it or, or think somehow we're disqualified or qualified. Right. But really, he said it, so it's true, and let it be the end. But I think most people are still on a journey of discovering or rediscovering how much they really are loved by a God mm-hmm. who cares about them, sees them no matter mm-hmm. what. So that's good because, in some ways, you had to do that together, and in some ways, you had to go through that together, both being sort of at a hard place. <laughs> Together, sometimes one's more stable when the other one's going through a hard time. But t- it sort of was a bit of a perfect yes. storm for both of you. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. When I was feeling like, yes, the next chapter, she's feeling like she's at the other end of the spectrum. Yep. And then vice versa. When I'm low, yep. she's like, I'm so thankful that yep. you know. And it was. It's been a. It's been a ride this past year. Yeah, it really. It's been a ride for a lot of people, but it's a different thing for you. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. If you were to dream, thinking outside of the box, not necessarily meaning something that you leave behind is bad, it's just God brings us from glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace. He brings us out of a situation sometimes to put us into a wilderness situation. You know, Moses go ten sheep for this a lot of time. Or or obscurity. 
where you're not noticed as much because he has something new for us. If you were just to dream, what turns your crank? What do you love to do? What would be something that you might want to dream with God about or have you even thought about it? You know, this the last 30-some years we've been in public ministry and there's 4,000 seats at yep. Grace. It's a 90-foot wide stage. Yep. And that's been a real blessing to be able to be a part of that. And impact people. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows Brian and Stephanie Vaughn then, too. Yeah. And and yet when I was feeling called out of that, the thing that I was really the most excited about, the thing that always felt like the greatest honor for those years of doing that wasn't in leading the latest song. Um, certainly I loved, you know, all the people that I got to serve with and the moments that, you know, because you and Michael were yep. part of those moments yep. for yep. many loved years, it. you know, these moments in those worship services where you just, you just, you just sensed and you felt the presence of God. And, and it was just those extra seconds even that we just, we just paused mm-hmm. or we just sang that thing again and we just prayed off the tech sheet. It wasn't on the script. Yeah, right, right. Um, I loved all that. But um, as Pastor Troy and I talked this, you know, at the end of 2019, he said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, you know, I love the music thing. It's been great. But all along the way, to get invited in to a person's life, a little portal, yep. when you're either marrying them or dedicating a baby or burying them. Yeah. Those three things and everything in between, marrying yep. and burying and everything, I've always felt like, what a, what a privilege that is. And I love it. So that's You're what I You're so get. good at it. God uh, has really, really, you know, you pick up a hammer, you pick up a screwdriver, you pick up a wrench. They're a tool for a specific thing. And you really are fashioned and made by God as a tool to do those things. It's, uh, it's holy and it's also comfortable. Mm. Like when I've been at weddings, you know, where you've done that or... Haven't been at a funeral, but literally, I think you're the tool fit for that. It's a beautiful oh, thing. It really the is. Lord. You know, Steph and I were just talking about the other night. You know, it, it, is that our our platform ministry over the years has been very wide, but I think what what this next chapter looks like is it's very deep mm-hmm. and it's very targeted individually, and and it's just the ground on which we stand it's not 90 feet wide okay yep this deep it's yep. just right here right yep. now yep and it's discipleship one on one one on four it, it's it's small yep but it's deep yep and and that can be done anywhere right anytime right um so good. And so, you know, and as part of that, I get to help people get connected into small groups and serve yep. on teams at Grace, which yep. I love. And I'm an end user of the products. So it's an easy sell for me, right? Right, right, right. I don't mean to sound like that. But no, I'm but it's like, true. I love the church. Yeah. yeah. And I love Grace yeah. Church, you know? Yeah. Um, hope for the world. You know, but but the idea that there are people out there that want to tell their story. Yep. And they love it when somebody asks them about them. Yep. Just kind of what you're doing yep. to me right now. Yep. They they love it when somebody takes an actual interest, and so I love that. Yeah, tell me your story. Yeah, well, how many so siblings do you have? Yeah, where'd you grow up? Yep. Where was your dad? Yeah, full time at home or out of yep. the You know, and then you've done that all your life, not paid to do it. Like when we're in missions trips or whatever, you will actually go find someone and find out about them, and of course you would be willing to share the hope that you have. I get it, but I do believe you've been doing it all your life. 
this job. Bless the Lord. You know, I think my parents, um, you know, showed a lot of that when they they welcomed people into the house. They loved on people. You know, it's just taking a genuine interest in people. And and I think I just I love that. You know, I I think I, I would hope that we could all be interested in the authentically interested Mm -hmm. in the trajectory of people's lives. Mm -hmm. I heard Sean Bowles once say, you don't have any authority over anything you don't love. Mm. So when he was sent to LA, he couldn't think of them as the people that he hoped God would just take them out. Literally. The only way I'm going to have authority over them is to love them. I'm going to love the people on the streets. I'm going to love the people in the industry and God give me your love for them. Not like, okay, let me conjure up some love for them because people sniff that out right away anyway. And I think that when you really are genuinely interested in people, it shows God's love to them. Mm. They, they're seen. They, they don't feel invisible. They don't feel... Not, right now, we have it a normal society way, but then it's compounded. Compounded mm. with stay away from each other, right. be distanced, yes. be masked, don't see, don't talk. Right. Like, what are the rules of an elevator? You're not supposed to talk to somebody? Now you're not supposed to talk to anybody? And I've thought about kids that are tiny growing up and not seeing people's faces, totally. smiling at them. Yes. That's a natural reaction. Their eyes light up when you smile at someone. Anyway, the point is, when people feel seen, I think it's our job to be God's ambassadors to see them. Yeah. And we see them because God sees them. And then, you know, like my tagline on all of this is Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the mm-hmm. genius of God in them. When you actually see someone, you're seeing God. We're made mm-hmm. in His image. So it's actually really wonderful for me to see humanity and see people and find out something about mm-hmm. them. So I think that that probably is going to be, um, maybe it's your job, but I think it's going to be more easy for you than you know, because you've done it your entire life. And, it, and it, that's not always easy, you know, because... Yeah. It takes a sacrifice of time. And I have to I have to pray, God give me. Yeah. Grace me with that with that desire to want to be interested in people. Because for the most part then, deep down really aren't we just interested in ourselves. Mm. I like mm. me. Mm. What's somebody mm. ask me about me? Because mm. I like mm. to talk about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So Lord, help me to be interested in, in others them. and in them. Mm-hmm. And 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 by His grace, you know, and the power of His Holy Spirit, I think He does allow those intersections to happen in people's lives. And and I and I feel very privileged to sit and have coffee with somebody. Don't tell me a story about someone, but tell me an encounter you've had with somebody where just by asking them something, it impacted you. I mean, I'm thinking of the Steve that used to sit out here down in Florida. But literally, anybody that you've ever intersected with where you knew... Do you have one that you can think of that God, like, wow, that was an assignment from God, and now I'm different, or I'm impacted, or something? I well, don't know. you know, interesting that you would ask, because the antithesis of that would be, tell me about when you didn't ask someone about themselves. Okay, tell me. Steph and I, last night. Yeah? We're out, you know. Yeah. We're down you here had dinner? With, with you and Michael, and Floms, and enjoying our time together, and, let's, and, and just the two of us, let's go out tonight. Steph and I, or last night, and we both knew it. There was a couple sitting right next to us. There was Mm. one chair in between us and them. Okay. And and Steph and I were enjoying our time together, just talking and and whatnot, and they were sitting next to us, one chair away. And when we walked out, we we passed them as they were walking out, and we smiled and said, you guys have a great night. Right. We're like... Why didn't we take advantage? Mm, because mm. clearly there was a connection of them seeing us. Yep. Us Seated. seeing them. We were both there together. 
what in the world? Why mm. didn't we just mm. say, hey, where are you guys from? He's yeah. got a Notre Dame t-shirt on. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's like, why didn't we do yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I think God in his graciousness gives us do-overs. I think that uh, he'll give you a do-over somehow. It may not look exactly like that, mm-hmm. but he, I, I've watched him. Uh, and by the way, no shame or condemnation. Jesus took both of those. And so we can't do that. But it is a learning experience mm-hmm. then to go, okay, now for the next time, what do I need to do? And, and I feel like the do-overs continue to happen unless we shut them down, like mm-hmm. completely shut mm-hmm. them down. Then we grieve the Holy Spirit and he'll stop. But otherwise, I, I mean, there's times where I know I was supposed to pray for somebody. Maybe I didn't. Or I listen to the noise in my head that tells you a bunch of lies, like people don't want to be asked, mm-hmm. or just leave people alone, or people don't want somebody to come up to them because society would tell you those social rules of not. Yeah. Well, that's a bunch of baloney, yeah. but I hear it, and so I, I think he'll give you another opportunity. Yeah. But see, that shows how connected you are that you would even grieve that opportunity because you are a connector, and so those, you know when you miss it. And Steph was thinking the yep. exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, we didn't even have to tell each other, but when they passed, interesting. She's like, "Why didn't we?" Oh, and I thought the same thing. We should have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we not? Why are we not talking to these people? Oh my gosh. Okay, Brian, I could talk to you forever, and I find that I'm not sure that we've hit on specific things that I could have gone into, but I do think that one of the things that I would want to say to you is that you may be transitioning and you may have a different role, but I can say with complete confidence that God is so not done with you. Mm. And he has, um, if you think about Ephesians 3, he has exceedingly abundantly, far beyond all we could ask or imagine type of plans for you. Mm. And I, I heard somebody say once, the, what we could ask is our prayer life, what we could imagine is our dream life. Mm. And I really liked that ask or imagine being put together. And I just believe that God is bigger. He is better. He's kinder. He's wiser. He's just. He's everything that he can be. And he has really big plans Mm. for you and Steph. And thankfully, I was able to do a podcast with her earlier. Mm. And I just sense this thing that I'm supposed to let you guys know. It's going to open into Mm. things that maybe you didn't even know, but maybe you always um, dreamt. Amen. So I believe that for you, and I just I believe God is more. He brings us from glory to glory, strength to strength, grace to grace, and He is in the believer. Amen. And so He is going to continue to use you. I, you may know the impact that you make, um, but it's going to be far farther reaching and further than than you know. It, it's it's big, mm-hmm. and it's okay that you don't have to see it that way mm-hmm. for it to still be uh, in God's economy a bigger thing than maybe um, the way society looks at it mm. like it, it's it's bigger so yeah. I, I just bless that in you guys I really really do Thank and you. I hope that we get to be participants in part of it or we get to be friends that get to see you know be an audience in what God's going to mm-hmm. do in your life because it's going to be good it's going to be really good so my old boss so much. once said to me my old boss said the people around whom you raise your children mm-hmm. will be your lifer friends. Yes, we're lifers. Totally. I we just think, it, yeah. It's like I can't believe you guys have you know you've lived now in in Wisconsin Away from 20, some twenty some years, years, right? Mm-hmm. And yet 
we still get together and yep. we just pick up where we left off. Yep. So he, he was so right about that. And we, Stephanie and I, just love you and Michael yeah. very much. Back at you. Grateful. Your guys are a gift from God. So how about if you pray uh, for the people that are listening and maybe you can impart friendships to them, mm-hmm. a connectedness to them. However, whatever you carry, you can only give away what you carry. If you don't have $5, you can't give somebody that wants $5. But mm-hmm. you have connectedness. You have depths of friendships. You have longevity of friendship. But you also are a connector in the kingdom. So mm-hmm. some people in this time feel really isolated. And God can make a way for that. So you know, pray over the audience however you want, whatever comes to you. But I just... Um, yeah, and then if I can pray for you, that would be great. Now close. Yes. Amen. Bless you, Lord. We yeah. praise you, and we thank you, thank you that you are with us. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit in yeah. us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you've created, that you allow us to live and move and have our being in you, King Jesus, mm-hmm. and that who we are is about what you've made us to be, your children. And we stand on this great foundation that is unshakable, almighty God, and that is you. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Lord, as I read your word today about dying to self, um, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to help me to die to self so that you are exalted in my life, King Jesus, and you're exalted in our lives as your followers, that we would die to ourselves. Lord, that we have this awareness of others. And I pray, Lord, for those that are listening today that are wrestling with the sense of feeling alone, that your presence would be felt yeah. today, King Jesus, that you would... Make yourself known, speak truth, words of affirmation, allow relationships, Lord, to intersect that would bring encouragement today, that the body of Christ would intersect with each other and encourage one another, and that the body of Christ would intersect with those who don't know you, and God, that that you would be lifted up in those conversations and in those engagements, Lord. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Mm. And just uh, hear this dying to self, dying to self, dying to self. And um, God, I thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you that you've washed my sin away from me, Lord, the ugliness of it. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to live in that past and that you have prepared a place for me, for us, when this life is over, but thank you that in the midst of it, Lord, this abundant life that you can give to us today, help us to live in it today, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. for your glory. Ah, oh, so much, Lord, that I can pray about, so much that I can ask you about, so much that I could praise you for. Um, I do praise you and thank you for the friendships um, that you've allowed Steph and me to have with Michael and Rachel with our dear friends, the Flums, with so many others, Lord Jesus, um, these lifer friends. Thank you that you allowed our paths to intersect years ago. We love you, Jesus, and uh, yeah, I just pray all this in your powerful name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can I touch your shoulder? Mm. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this man. 
I thank you for this time and this podcast, but Lord, I thank you for Brian's life. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just fill him so full of your spirit, Lord. There is always more. You are a vast God, unsearchable in all your ways, but you let us know you. And so I bless him, Lord. I bless his sleep. I bless his influence. I bless his marriage. I bless his children, his grandchildren. I pray for his connectedness. I praise you for his future. I thank you, God, that you go before him and you're also his rear guard. Lord, I pray for connection. I pray for um, ways that you want to direct his path, Lord. I thank you for his surrender and his yes to you, God. I just pray for the yes of the Holy Spirit to overwhelm him that he would see that you are directing his path in new and big ways. And God, I ask for greater things. Lord, I thank you that you tell us that we will do things that are more than Jesus. I can't even imagine it, but that's what you said we would do. And so I pray that you would use this life for your kingdom's advancement and the glory of your name. I thank you for the leader that Brian is and the way that he has led Michael and me and our kids in life, the ways that he has influenced. Lord, I pray that you would just supersize that combo to the biggest extent that you could ever. Use him mightily for your future. And I thank you that you're cutting off and you're taking care of any worry. So we say no to anxiety, no to worry. I break it off in the name of Jesus and I replace it with peace, the shalom of heaven, nothing broken nothing missing, just peace. May it go from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Father. And I praise you that perfect love casts out fear. So I ask for a fresh baptism of the love of God all over him, Lord, that the love of God that he's cared for, that he's got a good dad, that he's being watched over, that you feed the sparrow and you're going to care for him too. So I pray that he just be on the highway of God, singing and whistling with the windows down in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless our audience, Lord. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Painless, right? It's kind of scary. <laughs> it scary. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. Thank you.